What's up, Creepers? It's Chris here. I just wanted to take a moment before we started to let you know that the following episode of That's Odd does contain sensitive discussions around suicide. So if this is something that may be upsetting to you or triggering, please proceed with caution. And if you are someone who is dealing with these thoughts, please know that help is available. There is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Please, please, please reach out and give them a call at 1-800-273-8255. Again, you're not alone. Please reach out if you feel you need to speak to somebody. Now on with the show. The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Everybody, welcome to the newest episode of That's God. I am your host, Johnny Townsend. I am also joined by the other host. Some would say the bestest host. That's what I said. That's what I call him. Uh, that's what I, whenever I speak to, I say, hey, that's the bestest host over there. <laughs> and that is Christopher, bestest host, Chavez. So I know when you do the intros, you do this long pause, right? Yeah, but for a minute there, it looked like your video froze, <laughs> and my heart just jumped up into my throat, and I thought to myself, "Here we go again." And this is the new computer. Are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, full disclosure: we're both on new laptops. Yes. So, uh, and Zoom has been wonky. Yes. <laughs> um, now I don't know if it's actually an issue with Zoom being just overloaded with more users, because what I did see in the news recently that they just opened another kind of major hub center in new mexico now to kind of handle the amount of usage that's happening for zoom well and that'll and that'll probably i think zoom will always be around now but i think it'll go down some as you know thankfully the country's opening back up after yeah know, people get vaccinated and stuff so yeah uh but yeah man it's uh like uh just let me <laughs> another behind the scenes i was recording another podcast uh retro pop <laughs> On a brand new computer. And as you listeners know, uh, when I'm recording, <laughs> and honestly, when I'm just talking or texting everybody, I rarely ever cuss. Like, it's just a rare <laughs> thing. Unless yeah. I think it's funny. That's the yeah. main time I'll do it if it's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, out of anger, <laughs> <laughs> texted Chris because I had to get it out. Uh, hey, Chris, uh, I'm recording and my brand new laptop literally i've had it uh the i got it for my birthday from some, from some awesome people and so it's less than that's the end of january so it's it's not very old i haven't had it very long right and recording all of a sudden it just it, it just crashes it just goes black and i can still hear matt my co-host on there matt johnson i can still hear him talking and he can hear me talking just fine but i see nothing but black just a just blackness before me and I said, uh, I said, Matt, I don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden, blue screen, the blue screen of death, as they call Ooh. it. And I was like, oh, well, this is an easy fix. I've had this before. <laughs> I'm just going to flip this thing over, pop out the battery, uh, and just pop it back in, right? And I just restart <laughs> it because nothing I was doing was restarting it, right? Yeah. And that's the last resort, but it's something I've always done. And uh, it's always <laughs> tried and true. 
Yeah, tried and true. Like blowing on a Nintendo cartridge, right? <laughs> it's going to get it to work just fine. Right. Uh, uh, brand new laptops, and I found this out, do not have easy access to said battery. Oh, no. Dude, we're in the future. Everything looks like like what we see in movies when we see spaceships, right? Like yeah. there's no actual ridges or lines or windows. It's just all smooth. And that's fact, what these laptops yeah. are now. In fact, one of the things I read said they just uh, they put them inside. And once your battery goes dead, they just want you to get a new laptop. That's the point. Basically, is what they want you to do. Yeah. So uh, that's so that happened. And I was very upset. I sent Chris a, a text and I said, Chris, uh, where the f- is the battery on this thing? <laughs> and I knew you were pissed because I've. I think maybe in the long, the amount of time that we've been friends now, what's this, four years now, five years? How many years have we been Over friends? five, yeah. Maybe. I can't even, not even in one, like, not even more than one hand. I yeah. can count maybe three different times I've either heard or seen you curse through text. Yeah, um, so, so what you need to do is take, <laughs> take, that, take that message and let's turn it into one of those. NTF. Uh, MTFs. NFT, NFT, yeah. whatever yeah. it's called. <laughs> DTF. Make, I think it's make, DTF. I believe it's DTF. Yeah, I'm down to. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's what but happened. Man, yeah, that was pretty funny. Our, this is our technology uh, adventures, right? Like, yeah. is, is this just what it is? As we get older, things aren't making sense to us now. That's we're what like I, I think so. <laughs> I believe so. That's how I felt. Because luckily, Knuckle Wood, it eventually just restarted itself. I didn't do anything. It just restarted <laughs> itself. It was like, ah, just so you know, we needed to do an update in the middle of your recording. Yeah. Yeah, it never told me why it crashed. It just said, hey, we have a problem. <laughs> I was like, okay. No, yeah, no shit, yeah. Sherlock. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of this. We're on the same page there. Oh, it's amazing. But man, I was so mad. But I think you're right. Just the older I get, the less I understand <laughs> new stuff. And now I'm starting to wonder get. if it's just a thing with technology. Technology doesn't like old people, right? Oh, maybe Like batteries right. not included taught us that technology yeah. is alive. And it just doesn't like older people. When we were younger and older people had problems with technology, we were like, ha! old people <laughs> but really yeah. it's the technology that doesn't like old people i used to be and this is no joke i was the guy in my family that people went to when they had tech questions like they yeah. said hey they had a computer issue or something's going on with their cell phone or any of that kind of stuff yeah. and i could always honestly for the most part find out how <laughs> to fix it and fix it yeah but then it just came apart in the last what five five years or so <laughs> Where that is yep. no longer the case. They'll ask me questions. I literally, my aunt has a, she had a, a, a cell phone and it got busted, right? So she's like, well, I'm just going to get a, you know, she goes, uh, I'm going to get a new one. My uncle's going to get her a new one. And she was like, can you do this and this and this with it? And I told her, sure. But in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't know how to do any of that. It's going to be very interesting. So you're calling your eight-year-old nephew. Hey. How does this work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my nephew literally is graduating in this week as of wow. this recording. He graduated high school, and he by far knows way more than I ever did. <laughs> so uh, hopefully he'll become the new tech person. That's what I'm hoping because I need somebody I can talk to when Chris can answer my questions. <laughs> that's too funny, dude. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, dude. I have, and that's the thing too. I know the frustration of something happening. And then for me not to be able to be there and see it and actually put my hands on it, it's like, wow, yeah. I don't even know what to say. It could be anything in the world, <laughs> anything at all yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was about like, I was, I was so close to saying, Hey, uh, you know, usually you can like, 
you know, we could at least zoom or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I can, be... couldn't even do that. Couldn't even do that. Because oh, this isn't God. my first this wasn't my first tech issue yeah. in the past week. I had another one with an SD card I tried to tell Chris Oof. about. Did you ever get that fixed? Yes. Good. Yes. Awesome. Well, by fixed, I mean uh another one. <laughs> yeah, just got another one. So but that one seems to work. Hey, there you go. There you go. So uh yeah, thank you for joining us at Coffee Table Tech Talk. Yes. Coffee <laughs> Table Tech Talk. Say that that's five what, times yeah. fast. That's what people are here to hear, right? Yeah, they're here to hear, they're here to hear tech talk. That's right. Nothing else. That's all this show is. Tech talk here to hear. Tech talk here to hear. Uh no, this is that's odd. That's right. This is We've that's got some odd. stories. We got some stories that should be odd. Mine's odd, a little macabre. Maybe triggering, so there's a warning at the beginning of this episode. Mine's odd, and if you listen to I think it's already been out, right? Is our history creeps already been out? Yes. All right. So if you listen to that, this uh, will be the second part of that. I guess the best way Ooh. to put it. Ooh, another part. Yeah, uh, very, uh, very much related to it for sure. This is awesome. and odd and odd. Obviously, quite odd. Awesome. So, uh, you want to get into it? Like, let, let's let you go first, since it'll kind of continue what happened on history creeps, and it's got the, uh, you know. You're earlier in time, if you will. That's right. Mine takes place chronologically first. So I will I do. Poli- I do believe you pronounce that correctly. I believe it. I hope so. I do believe. Anytime, anytime I'm saying a big word, even when I've said multiple times, I always question myself <laughs> as I'm saying it. Uh, that's just that comes with years and years of uh, regret and whatever else I've dealt with. Uh, October 27th, 19. 19- 48 that is when we're going back in the time machine chris and dear creepers a long time ago in a galaxy far away or more realistically uh, a small town in pennsylvania (laughs) a town called donora d-o-n-o-r-a i'm assuming that's how you pronounce it donora Yes. It's it's a Richie, mil- R- Richie Valens had a song called O'Donora back in the day. I don't oh, know if you really? ever heard that. Yeah. No, I didn't I was not aware of it. <laughs> or it's called O'Donna. <laughs> <laughs> oh. O'Donora. There you go. Uh it's a mill town. Like there's a couple of mills that are here mm-hmm. near Pittsburgh. It's very close to Pittsburgh. It's like less than 30 miles away from Pittsburgh. Also, I don't know how many more times I can say Pittsburgh. I feel like I are said these, a lot there. Are these steel mills? I'm glad you asked, Chris. Well. These are, in fact, steel mills. U.S. Steel, back in the 40s, had two huge plants in the area. And if you've not heard of U.S. Steel, especially back in the day, they were one of the biggest companies in the United States. They were humongous. Yes. Humongous. But because they had these two steel mills in this small town you know i'm talking less than i think he says less than fourteen thousand people at the time so it's, it's a small town yeah uh, it was not odd for there to be uh, a little smog in the air you know uh, mm. these these uh these mills are putting out a little bit of pollution i dare say yes and already this is sounding kind of familiar, right? To smokestack farts, I like to call them. Yes. <laughs> smokestack farts. You've always said that since the day I met you. <laughs> that's what you've always got it. 
You'd be shocked at the stuff that's come up in our friendship. <laughs> but on the morning of October 27th, 1948, something was a little different. This smog seemed a little thicker, and it wasn't going anywhere. You see, that morning there was, and, and uh, get ready for this, a temperature inversion. And Ooh. if you remember what that is, uh, when I was speaking about the great smog in London, they had the same issue in that that's where there's warm air above and it's keeping down cold air below it and the cold air cannot go anywhere. And basically kind of makes it stagnant. There's no air moving anywhere. It's just there and it traps it. Mm. And that's what's happening here. And it happened there. And soon the fog that was just naturally there began to mix with the pollutants and stuff in the air. And of course we get smog. It turned a yellowish gross color. It had a a smell to it. Oh, again, here we go. And this smog would soon just choke this poor small town. (laughs) (laughs) And just like in London, when London dealt with this, this smog lasted for five days. Wow, okay. It choked this town for five days. Jeez. And this, and this air was super toxic. Uh, the smoke was so thick that, you know, just like I mentioned before, the other time it happened, driving was, was hazardous. One of the quotes I found about driving said this guy was, they had interviewed this guy on some anniversary of this, and he said that, uh, he goes, I drove on the left side of the street with my head out the window, steering by scraping the curb. So he knew when to turn when his oh. tires were the curbs. <laughs> oh, that's insane. I can see him sticking out like, like Ace Ventura. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but then to know that like he's sticking out, like he wasn't wearing a mask, was he? Like that stuff is it. just yeah. splattering his face and yeah. like, oh. Like God. a glove. God, it's gross, dude. <laughs> and his windshield wiper is just smearing this stuff all over. His windshield yeah. can't see through it. But it was, it was becoming obvious with the town who the culprit was, right? It's these, uh, It's it might be these steel mills. Yeah. But it took until that Sunday, which was days and days later, uh, for the, for the uh, plant operators and the town officials to meet. Uh, I forgot. He's not called the mayor, but the equivalent of the mayor of the town mm-hmm. met with him. And he was like, hey, you need to turn these mills off. We're having some <laughs> issues here, obviously. It's getting really dangerous out there. So could you please turn these uh, turn these mills off? And they actually did. They complied. Oh, okay. But then the miracle, Chris, in that you know I said before that in London they got really lucky that a that a big wind came in and kind of swept all that out. Yeah. Well, in Donora, Pennsylvania, it began to rain. Oh, and do we want it to rain though? It actually helped push this stuff out, though. Okay. When it began to rain. Okay. So it was I was gonna say, is it start raining this goop all over everybody? <laughs> <laughs> so mean. yeah. So what was the aftermath of of all of this? Well, one of the things that was pointed out, uh, you know, this all led to the uh, United States doing a Clean Air Act, of course. But uh, one of the things that was pointed out is that these plants were very toxic. I mean, they were obviously vital to that community because that's you know a lot of jobs. 
and such there. But just to give you an example, one of the plants there was so toxic that they said that uh, vegetation within a half mile from there was dead. Like it just killed all vegetation. And just think of everybody that was working in it, that was breathing fumes and dealing with all the stuff that was inside the plant, not just what was being put out of it. Yes. And that's the other thing, too. Uh, during the actual five days, 20 people lost their lives. Wow. So it took 20 people's lives. And, but they, but they do feel that thousands were affected forever from it, either because it gave them respiratory issues or any kind of health issue that's related to it. Cause it got people sick. Thousands got sick. And this is a small town to start with. One of the numbers that I saw was that it said for a 14,000, uh, people community, over half were affected in a negative way. Uh, and that's that's incredible. And it was so bad that it even dropped the property value of the houses there. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because everything still got residue. Talk about, yeah. like, one heck of ring around the collar, man. Yes. Everything's yes. got this residue on it. I mean, sure, the rain's probably washed it away, but there was probably still, like, in the cracks and, and the oh, yeah. grout and, like, just in everything. And it just... And there's certain smells that just linger, right? Well, yeah, you know, yeah. The, you know those, you know the smells had to linger. There's no oh, way they didn't. No thanks. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but you know, it did stuff like that. Um, it tarnished the town uh, if, for forever after that. It never got past that. Uh, like today, uh, the town is literally around. I think the last population thing, and I don't remember how long ago this was in the 2000s. There was six thousand people. Wow. So there's less people there. So it's a much even smaller town. Uh, they basically, uh, there's a museum dedicated to this, the, the Donnera Smog, as it's called. Uh, but they claim that while 20 people did lose their lives, they think that number's much more because of how people were affected from it for yeah. years on out. And it just, you know, it shortened people's lives because they had ingested. The air was literally toxic and they were breathing it in. And not just physical too. think about like people lost businesses, got sick, things like that, lost loved ones because they got sick. So then even, you know, emotionally behave like mentally, the the kind of stuff that they dealt with. And back then you didn't, it wasn't like like mental health was obviously, I mean, it's still a stigma today, but back then, no, you just dealt with stuff, right? You picked yourself up by the bootstraps and you went on with life. That was the forties the end of yeah. world war two. So this is the generation that you didn't complain. You just yeah, didn't complain in Pittsburgh. And this is near Pittsburgh. Yeah. Has that reputation of been a hardworking town, right? Yeah. That's a, that's a thing that's you, you're defined by that. And it's just yeah. a, a rough and tough mentality for that, that area. Yeah. And one of the stories I read too, uh, was talking about the heroes during this. And of course you had your doctors. There were like eight doctors who worked in that town and they were just, going from house to house to house to house never taking a break wow just trying to help people as best they could uh and uh really ever one of the guys that i read about talks about that he would you know they had to get oxygen to people and stuff like that and they would get it for them but they wouldn't take it for themselves and he said the only way he would he said the way he would cope was he would go to somebody's house uh help them out help them breathe then he'd take a swig of alcohol and go right back to it (laughs) Oh my God. So that was his. That was, that's, a Lord. Tough, that's a tough man right there. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, that's what that generation was. They didn't complain. So think about what they dealt with emotionally that they didn't even talk about. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Wow. Rough, dude. Rough. Rough. But that's the that's the great 
Donnera Smog of 1948. Oh, Donnera. Yeah. Yeah. Not near as bad as the one in London, but still pretty awful. Pretty, pretty, pretty awful. And very odd. I've got one for you. Hit me. This one came recently. Um, and again, you can thank Chris and Anthony for this one. And I'll tell you a little later about it. I bet they can't stop. I bet they can't. Uh, I decided to title this one. I don't normally do it, but this one was so cool. I thought I was going to, I was going to have a title for it. You ready? Yes. This one is called the mystery of the thin red line. Oh, okay. Oh man. (laughs) You ready? Oh, I am. Here we go. On the morning of January 25th, 2018, Palm Beach police were called to the Ballin Isles Country Club gated community to investigate the reports of a dead body located in a field near the home. When they arrived, they found 71-year-old Alan J. Abrahamson uh, had been shot in the heart. The royal blue sweater he had been wearing was turning crimson around the single hole caused by the bullet that killed him. Abrahamson? Abrahamson. It's quite a name, huh? Yeah. He was the like son of Abraham back in the days. Abrahamson. That's like, how can we keep adding to this name? I didn't right. need all that. <laughs> ton. Add ton to the end of that. Abraham, Abraham son ton. <laughs> <laughs> or ING ton, right? So Abraham Sunnington. Oh, man. There you go. <laughs> the detective searched the area, but found no weapon, no sign of struggle and no other footprints around the body. They did notice one thing, though. There was a very thin red line of blood that traced its way from the hole in his chest up his shoulder. The detectives were perplexed. As the authorities began interviewing friends and family and neighbors, they learned that Allen had been born in West Hartford, Connecticut. He attended and graduated Syracuse University. His family had a very successful flooring company, so he was pretty well off. He had purchased his uh, 5,000-square-foot house, which at the time of his death was valued at $900,000 in March of 2015, so three years before he died. That's a nice place. Dude, $900,000 in Florida. So I'll tell you, a decent, like like a house that I have here in New York would probably go for about $200,000 in Florida, okay? Yeah. $900,000. That's definitely a nice place. Uh, He recently spent five years as a developer for Every Watt Matters, a Washington-based LED lighting company. By all accounts, he was well-known and well-liked and had no enemies or anyone who would wish him harm. His obituary read, quote, he woke up each morning with a smile on his face and was adored by all. Wherever Alan went, he made it happy hour. Detectives couldn't make out whether or not Alan was smiling when reviewing security cam footage of the morning of his death. The footage shows Alan leaving his home at 5.53 a.m. for an early morning walk. He had recently started the practice telling neighbors and family that he needed to lose the pounds that he had just put on during a recent cruise. Dude, I miss cruises. So like when it becomes safe again, I want to do a cruise. But have you ever been on a cruise? No, I have a distinct dislike of being in the deep ocean that's a good thing uh but cruises you know you can lose yourself in a cruise and not think about the ocean yeah because the food on a cruise man 
<laughs> oh, I've heard I've heard stories, good stories. Yeah. <laughs> so when when they talk about losing pounds that you put on on a cruise, definitely I understand that. At the 6:30 a.m. mark, detectives heard the distinct sound of a gunshot on the security tapes. After further investigation over the next few months, police announced the case was closed in July of 2018, a mere six months after the discovery of Allen's body. So, who killed Allen Abrahamson? Where was the weapon? And what the heck was with the thin line of blood on his sweater? Well, Johnny, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, I asked all those things. The Palm Beach Police Department came to the conclusion that Alan J. Abrahamson died by his own hand. That's right. Suicide. The detectives went on to say that they believed Alan attached a gun to a weather balloon, fired the bullet into his heart, and as the balloon lifted into the air, the trailing string traced the thin line of blood up his chest. So for listeners, we do this over Zoom, and Johnny has the most perplexed look on his face. Yeah, this, this is moment. very confusing. Why would you do this? It gets deeper. The Palm Beach police acknowledged that the scenario seemed far-fetched. However, their investigation of his bank records and internet searches revealed that in the weeks before his death, he had purchased two weather balloons. The salesman stated he asked questions like how much weight they could lift, how far the wind current could take them, and at what height would the balloons pop. His browsing history showed that he had been planning it for the better part of 10 years. His search results covered things like, do life insurance policies pay out on suicides? How quick does someone die from a gunshot? He also searched the sunrise and sunset times, helium balloons, and different ways of committing suicide. The night before he died, he decided to delete his entire Dropbox account. So nobody knows what was on his files. Uh, the reason they even came up with the theory, aside from all those people, like when you see that evidence, like you don't think about how to put this together, right? You want to know yeah. where they came up with this? So while they're doing their investigation, you know, police are searching all kinds of things. They're searching, you know, has this ever happened before? Have we ever seen crimes where this happened? And so upon doing so, uh, investigators came across on the internet, an old CSI episode from 2003 where a person faked a murder by suicide the same way by attaching a gun to a weather balloon, shooting themselves and having the gun taken away. So it looks like they were murdered and the life insurance policy would pay out and take care of oh. the family. Oh, okay. So after more investigation of the scene, they also had gone back out to the scene. They found pieces of string and rubber bands laying in the area of a few hundred yards from where his body had been. And a pair of scissors were found in the area as well. The string and the rubber band matched those found at Allen's home. So all that together, they ruled Allen's death a suicide and closed the case. The family never commented on it. Wow. One of the things that came up too was that they did find that he did have several life insurance policies that he opened on himself. Was so, he just de- was he depressed? Who knows? Everybody, I mean, you know, it's one of those things you never know because yeah. by all accounts, everyone thought he was this jolly, happy guy. And yeah. no matter where he went, he was the life of the party, right? And this was a shock. This was a shock to friends and family and everyone who knew them, knew him. No one would have ever thought he would kill himself. Like there was no right. reason to think that. It's kind of like that thing with Robin Williams, right? Like you never knew when you right. hear these things, you never yeah. knew they were dealing with these things. Chris Cornell, 
uh, Chester Bennington and guys like that, where you think they're happy every time you saw them. Yeah. They have everything that you'd want. That type yeah. Of deal. Yeah. Yeah. But really they're, they're dealing with a lot of things internally. And a lot of these people struggle with an internal voice that tells them that they're not worth it and that yeah. they, they should end things because they're not. And, and, you know, and it's a hard thing to struggle with. Um, so like I said, you know, this was definitely a triggering episode and we do have the, the, the thing at the beginning of the episode about it, but you know, if anyone out there does ever feel this way, just know that there are outlets and ways to talk about it. There's a national, uh, suicide hotline that you can call. There's websites, there's texting options. Um, you know, and, and know that you're not alone in that. A lot oh, of yeah. people I've had those thoughts before. Oh, of, we all have. Man. Yeah. So you're not alone. And when you think that, you know, you're not worth it. You know, and that, or just even worse from there, uh, you're not alone. Everybody, I mean, I've certainly had those thoughts before, uh, and it's something I think everybody str- has at least struggled with at least once in their life, at least. Yeah, and you know, it's it's one of those things. Like I remember when I in my twenties, maybe it was make my, my late twenties, I I heard the term imposter syndrome, right? And I realized, holy cow, like that's what I always felt. Like I always felt like maybe I'm not as good as everyone keeps thinking I am, and they're all gonna find out, right? Yeah. They're all gonna find out that I'm an imposter, that I'm a fraud. And then when I found out that everybody thought that way, it was comforting. But there still is that thing where it still comes back. And even though you know what it is, it still affects the way you think and, and makes you feel. So, yeah, definitely know you're not alone and definitely know that there are ways to reach out and, and just kind of talk to somebody to talk through it if you're feeling hopeless and, and, and not, uh, not feeling it. Um, That's right. Yeah, that was the that was the mysterious death. Like people, they didn't know what it was, but everything that like all the clues when they put it together, and then they found this episode, which he would have watched, and it gave him the idea to look into to trying to pull that off. You know, yeah. and who knows? Maybe he found some stuff. Maybe he got a thing from his doctor. He's diagnosis where he's going to die. I mean, it, that's all yeah, there was to know. it. He was going to yeah. die and the medical bills would have been too much and would have cleaned them all out. And he didn't want to do that to his family. So, you know, who knows? But yeah, they, yeah. They, they deemed it a suicide. Isn't that crazy? That, that's that's pretty wild. Uh, part of me kind of thinks like you know, they, they should have been like, let's just let this guy have this money for his family. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say it was an unsolved case and yeah. you know what, no matter what, maybe on the side, right? Pull the family aside and say, this is what we think, but we're not going to say it this way because obviously he wanted to uh, take yeah. care of you guys. But yep, yep. yep there you go. The, oh, man. And the reason that came on, on the radar was because for Chris and Anthony just can't stop. And you know about this, Johnny, Anthony has this thing where he wants, he's dying to have a, a game that he created work. He wants it to work so bad <laughs> factor Florida. Right. That's so we posted something on Facebook the other day about a Florida man and like dancing with a gator. And I just said, send us your craziest Florida stories. And somebody, my brother posted, this one was one of them. This happened in Florida. Yeah. And it was that a man committed suicide using a balloon. And I was like, what? And then now I saw what it was. I was like, wow, this is actually odd. And I, yeah, wanted, I wanted to do it for our show. Yep. 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 So oh, there you go. And just think if you're listening to us and you think you're not important, uh, we think you're important. Oh, because 100%. every, every time we, uh, we, we find out how many people actually listen to this show. I promise you, it makes me feel way much better about myself. So you're helping me. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I can tell it, you that much. It's always nice when we hear that we do help get people through their day because I know myself, yeah. I work, my job can be draining and they've heard me bitch about it on the show before. And there are podcasts that I listen to that like get me out of it. Like I can like yeah. feel like I'm with some friends while I'm, you know, dealing with work. So it's kind of cool to hear it too. Yeah, very much so. I mean, when I was, 
I've had jobs before where they were very much dead end dish jobs and uh, being able to listen to stuff on my headphones, you know, just either a radio show or, yep. or a podcast was such a godsend. So. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, so for anybody to appreciate that, they yeah, listen to us very much. So, but that's been this episode of the answer. We very much appreciate you all. Like we just said. So for Christopher Chavez, I'm Johnny Townsend. I'm turning out the lights. I'm running out the door. And I'm jumping out the window of the clubhouse. Not the smartest thing. But that's what we do here because that's something that's quite. And the Zoom froze. Odd.